Welcome to The Vital Vagina, where we delve into brave and crucial conversations about the womb and feminine power. This podcast is not just for people with vaginas. We all come from the womb, and there is much for everyone to learn from this place of deep wisdom. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle Cornelius. I'm a chiropractor and holistic pelvic care provider. I've been working in the feminine healing realm for nearly a decade, and I am honored to bring this work and these stories to light. Today's conversation is with Dina DiCastro. I have also known Dina for several years, and I'm so grateful to have her on this podcast and talking about cycles. So Dina is an astrologer, and so she and teaches people how to become astrologers themselves, and she also provides astrological guidance. And I love her practical, grounded wisdom, and we have a really amazing conversation about the moon cycle and how it mimics the menstrual cycle and what that means and what we can do with that information. And then we talk a little bit about the book that she and I created together called Cycles of Wisdom. <sighs> well, hi, Dina. Uh, welcome to my podcast. Um, you. You're welcome. Um, I'm excited to have you on mine because I've been on your podcast before over the years. Yes. So it's going to be really fun to talk about um, the vital vagina from the perspective of astrological moon cycles. <laughs> yeah. I think it will be very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can connect everything to vaginas, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, all, it isn't it, everything connected back to vaginas. Yeah, ultimately. pretty much. Yeah. It's pretty easy for me to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, what, let's start by having you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Well, I'm an astrologer and I, uh, I offer astrology readings and I also offer uh, mentorship and, and instruction in evolutionary astrology. And so evolutionary astrology is a specific branch of astrology that is focused on um, the connection between astrology and past lives, reincarnation. And also, uh, you know, there's a definitely a bent toward healing through astrology and um, looking at our karmic past as it impacts uh, the current life. And so there's there's that. A difference in approach from some other branches of astrology. Mm. And we're also very free will focused, meaning um, I really want to empower people with this knowledge, not scare them. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to empower them by giving them information and then saying, well, here are the ways that you can take advantage of this information. Here are the things that you can do in your life with your free will choice mm. um, to use the cycles to your benefit and to ride the cycles consciously rather than letting things happen to you and, you know, fearing, uh, fearing what's happening in the Yes. Story. Yeah. That's what I love about astrology is it helps me personally, like, um, sync myself up with the rhythm of what's happening, what's actually happening, like yeah. what, what energies are actually here and present versus always just trying to push my own agenda against yeah. all this energy. <laughs> that's how it's helped me anyway. <laughs> oh, I think that's such a great point. That's It's like we're always in a dance with the energies at play, right? Yeah. And to remember that those energies exist and to be conscious of what they are and how they're moving can really help us to work in alignment with them and to, yes. to be somewhat humble too. It's like, okay, we're not completely in control. 
of everything, you know, I mean, and so when I say we have free will, I don't mean that we have total control, right? Right. We have have (laughs) the ability to act within the conditions that we're given. Yeah. And, but it's good to know what those conditions are. Yeah. And uh, to be willing to surrender to some of that flow and also to consciously choose a different direction if we need to. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm personally going through a lot of Uranus transits right now. And so Mm -hmm. I could choose to um, be my normal Virgo Taurus self and (laughs) uh, just pretend like that's not happening and not go with it or feel like I'm victim to like a lot of changes that are happening suddenly. Sure. Um, But I knowing about astrology really helps me go, oh, right, this is happening. This is happening on purpose. Like this is for me, not like against me, because this is the time I'm in. And this is what I'm supposed to be going with change right now. Exactly. And I think that awareness of cycles, you know, and that's a lot of what we'll probably be talking about today is how astrology is just another representation of nature's cycles. Yeah. Uh, And knowing what part of the cycle you're in, And the duration of the cycle, like how long is it going to last? You know, that's so helpful, especially when you're in a challenging or stressful time, you know, like your Uranus transits uh, are uncomfortable often for, especially for earth sign types, because, you know, we like stability. I'm I'm a moon and Taurus person too. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we like stability. We like security. We like uh, things to be somewhat routine, you know, for our emotional sustenance. And so when there's so much unpredictability and, and Uranus can bring sudden and surprising changes and you know things getting shaken up, it could be really disconcerting. But the fact that you know that that is happening and also that it's not going to last forever, like this is mm-hmm. just, you know, like a year and a half is, is about the average length of a Uranus transit, which can seem like a long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you won't be going through it like every second of that. Uh, yeah. You know, but the, it can help you to get perspective on the fact that, okay, this is temporary. It's, it's going to have its season. And then you can embrace it more, I think. Yes. You know? Yeah. And like ride the wave a little, have some fun. <laughs> yeah. It's like do something out of your comfort zone so that, yeah. you know, you stretch yourself a little bit and then you can come back to resting, resting Taurus face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it's all over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take a little rest, like a little Taurus nap afterwards. <laughs> yeah. We're going to need one, I have a feeling. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <clears throat> well, let's see. When you and I first met, um, I, w- I had my little studio on Foster Road and I was doing lots of workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, there and hosting lots of different people. And you came and taught a workshop following the moon. So you were teaching people how to like follow the moon cycles. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I, this is a practice that I have done for most of my adult life, just following the lunar phases. And even before I was a professional astrologer, I did this, you know, I, I was in touch with what phase is the moon in? Are we in a new or full moon? What does that mean for me? And so I got really attuned to working with the lunar cycle. And I think, you know, that was so helpful for me in terms of understanding why I might be feeling a certain way, like at the new moon, or even just before the new moon, we often can feel a, a dip in energy. And we're at that point now. I'll, I'll just point mm-hmm. out the cycle, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for people who will be listening later, like you'll 
this will come around again. But notice yeah. at the balsamic moon, which is just before the new moon, uh, we tend to feel this real dip in energy, uh, can feel tired or fatigued for some people who are very sensitive to this, to the lunar cycles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is a time to go within, right? Mm-hmm. And then the full moon is the peak of energy. So we feel that kind of <laughs> crazy, buzzy, uh, frenetic energy more in the collective. And yep. so I was just really noticing new and full moon at first in my own life. And then I started to refine it more and notice the the cross points, you know, the, the half moons and the, the crescent moons and those uh, cycles. But how I've used it in my daily life is uh, noting when to start things, like when to kick things off Uh, And I try to shoot for new moon to first quarter moon phase, you know, is is a good time to do that because it's the waxing or building energy, the energy of new beginnings. And then to really uh, focus on things where I need or to schedule things where I need a lot of energy at or around the full moon, you know, where I'm going to have to do a big push or put it out there. um, And when I'm more inclined to be energized. And so this moon cycle is just a real basic, uh, constant rhythm that's always going. It's always something you can tap into. And so uh, I, that's why I started to think about teaching it. It's just like it's it's so beautifully simple. It's always there. It's ever present. And we can always tap into and connect to it, you know, just like divine feminine energy, which I really think the moon is a representative of, um, we can always go back to it for nurturing and sustenance in our lives. Mm, And then there's, you know, there's another layer to it that I I bring in in my teaching, which is uh, the moon through the signs, the astrological signs. And Mm. so that's, for example, the moon being in uh, Scorpio, you know, right now, for example, the moon is in Scorpio. And what that means is that the the mood takes on the flavor, you know, of the astrological sign that it's in. Um, so there's two things really to consider always in terms of the moon's energy and how it's affecting us is what is its lunar phase and what sign is it in? And those things can always be lining up differently. You know, those are two independent cycles that are overlapping, the zodiac wheel uh, progression and then the, the lunar phases. This is what I love about astrology is how technical it can be and how um, endless it is. Yeah. Like how many layers there are. I think I've been studying astrology just as an amateur since I was a teenager. Yeah. And I mean, I have phases where I've gone in and out for sure, but um, it's just endless. Like the the part of me that loves data and patterns just loves astrology because first you kind of like you have to wrap your mind around just the full moon and the new moon and that's enough. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) it kind of goes down and, and it drills down into all those other layers. And, and then it, you start to realize how infinite it really is and how much of a fingerprint we're all, we all really are. And um, just these complex patterns, how they weave together is so fascinating. It is very complex, you know, and that's one of the things that um, I, I strive to uh, communicate to people is yes, it's complex and I, I try to make it more understandable. I mean, there are ways to make it more understandable or to strip down some of the noise 
um, you know, that's there in astrology. For example, you know, if it's too overwhelming um, for people to think about signs, you know, the moon through the signs, I would just tell them focus on the lunar phases, focus on if it's too much for you, just focus on the new and the full moon. Like that's going to give you enough to work with really, or just yeah, knowing whether the moon is, you know, waxing or waning. Yeah. You know. So most people are ignoring that altogether and not paying attention even just to the waxing and waning. So that's enough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. you do do a great job making it sound. <clears throat> Anytime I send somebody to you for astrology, they come back and tell me like, oh, she just made it make so much sense. Oh, that's so good to hear. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. That's, that's yeah. my whole goal is to make this really complex system um, more understandable. I mean, I don't think, like you said, it's unending. There's never... Uh, we never will master, you know, nobody's ever a master of astrology because there's so much to know and there's so much to learn always. Um, and that's, there's a lot of jargon, you know, involved in it too. So yeah, that's my goal to really make it more, um, understandable for people. Absolutely. Yeah, good with that. So let's see, you um, taught that class at my studio, and then yeah. we started kind of um, becoming inspired to create a little ebook or workshop type thing for, for people because we um, acknowledged that there is such a, there's a, like a metaphorical connection between the moon cycles. Well, it's more than metaphorical, actually, but um, the moon cycles and then the, the menstrual cycle. Yes. They mimic each other in their patterns. Right. So um, we wanted to really... We wanted to come together and really teach people how connected these cycles actually are. And that's what helps make it simple when you start to realize like, oh, this is, it, it's not all these individual cycles, really. It's like they're all connected and they're so similar and they mimic each other. So um, the menstrual cycle is very similar to the moon cycle. When we are, um, when we're ovulating, it's around, it's like, it's like having the full moon. Yeah everything that we have more energy and things are more like just vibrant. We're a little bit more in our masculine going out into the world energy, quote mm -hmm. unquote masculine. Um, and during the, the time when we're actually um, bleeding is like the new moon energy. Yes. And um, it happens in the same, like on average 28 day kind of patterning, just like the moon. So there's such, there's, there's such, um, a connection between the female menstrual cycle, the female body and the menstrual cycle to the moon cycles. Yes. Um, absolutely. So, yeah. And that um, is the mystery, isn't it? Why? <laughs> yeah, why? There's been studies that sh there's, I've seen some studies that show how we're connected and others that say we're not. I've read a whole lot about this and yes. a lot of it to do with the, the light and how we do artificial light now has kind of interrupted the pattern a little bit, but the pattern seems to be strong enough mm -hmm. that it's still most women will still sync up a lot of the times to the to actual moon. Yeah. So some women will sync up their bleeding time to the time that <clears throat> the new moon is happening and other women will sync up actually and bleed during the full moon sometimes. Right. Just kind of switch it. Um and there's a there's a lot of complication to it, but overall, I think it's really good for people in general to really understand how these two energies are very connected, whether you are menstruating or not. Absolutely, and even whether you're female or not, you know yeah. that um, you know men and women and any you know gender identification can um, use the lunar cycles. It's not an inherently uh, feminine exclusive cycle. Let's put it that way. No, 
Yeah. You know, it's, it's a yeah. That shows us how to use feminine energy. Yes. yes. I would say. Yeah. Right. right. And it is, I mean, and so, I mean, that's one question I have for you and you have done a lot of reading and study on this. It's like, what is that connection? So you say it has to do with light and it mm-hmm. has to do with, um, maybe back before there was artificial light, we were just more attuned to, uh, yeah. you know, women would sleep in the moonlight or something, and then they yeah. might, you know, have more access to that. So it, yeah, what is that connection between our bodies and the moon and how that it has, works? It has something to do with how light hits us and affects our pituitary gland, which is the gland that is like the regulator of all of the hormones in the body. Yeah. Um. So it has to do with our brain body connection okay. also. And then it has to do what's some it has to do with how much light and you're right it's about how we used to we used to not we used to sleep under the stars a lot more mm-hmm. um if you go really far back and so we would get more of the sunlight actually during the full moon right and that would change the way our like that would shift the hormones a little bit so yeah it's complicated i will be sure to look for some of those um uh some of the write-ups on some of that and see if I can add it to the show notes for people who want to go deeper. And maybe That'd I can great. even find somebody who is like an expert in this and bring them onto the podcast, which would be pretty fun. That would be fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's, you know, that's a question I get a lot is why does that happen? You know, why does this happen? Yeah. Uh, well, well, the bigger yeah. reason is because we're part of nature <laughs> and that is the short answer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we are connected to nature and this is the most clear evidence um, is our connection to the moon. Not just yeah. women's connection to the moon, but as a species, you know, we are connected to the moon. It affects our energy. It affects um, our mood, uh, you know, both male and female. It affects how we um, uh, perceive life. And, yeah. you know, it, it affects the flu. There's also that theory that the moon affects the tides and we are so much water, you know, in our own yeah. makeup that it affects us in that way as well. So That's- too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're connected more than we're willing to really acknowledge, I think sometimes. Yeah. Um, and our culture, a lot of people are talking about this now, but our culture has become kind of hyper or toxic masculine. Mm-hmm. And that's not saying that it's males are negative because females run a lot of hyper masculine energy in their bodies too. And this more cyclical rhythm and attunement with nature is 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 the medicine that brings in more of that like that deeper feminine energy. And when I talk about feminine and masculine energy, and we'll talk about this a lot on this podcast over different episodes, but I'm talking about energies. So they they really go together. Like we were talking earlier about a dance, mm-hmm. they they work together, and you can't actually separate them. But like. If you look at it even from the perspective of hormones, for example, like when people have like thyroid issues, like are very common, you can become hyper or hypo, yeah. too much or too little. So hypo is too too little flow, and hyper is too much, and then that they're both um, dysfunctional. Yeah, and so we're looking for the balance between them. So you can do the same with masculine and feminine energy, and feminine energy is not like high heels and makeup and stuff like that. Right. Although that's I think that's part of the play of the feminine, the creativity. Sure. Um, and but I think that what we think of as feminine often is like through the lens of our hypermasculine culture. Yeah. Um, but when I'm talking about feminine energy, I'm really coming back down into what's this rhythm in the in the body and what's this rhythm of the earth? And that to me is extremely like feminine. Yeah. That the cyclical patterns we um in our cycles of wisdom 
little ebook that we created. Also, we talk about how the seasons of nature also mimic the same waxing and waning pattern. We see it when we go from winter to summer and back down to winter again. (laughs) Right. And everything in between. And so we're really talking about just bringing that that rhythm back in to balance the the linear um, that quote unquote hyper masculine linear way of just driving forward and not noticing patterns and not noticing seasons and not honoring where we're at. Well, and I think that's where some of a lot of our trouble has come from. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that you mention in the ebook is, um, you know, that that is not a sustainable uh, way of, of moving through the world that the hyper masculine model, it would be like, you know, having a full moon energy all the time. We don't have a full moon energy all the time for a reason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the cycles are telling us literally, you know, through their wisdom that we need periods of rest and downtime and we need periods of non-productivity and we need periods of going inside. Um, and that, that really was a huge, uh, point where we came together, you know, in our work around these cycles is realizing that, that, oh, this, this is something that the culture does not embrace and that the culture needs really bad right now as medicine that, you know, we're not meant to be just producing, 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 doing, 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 you know, forever. Um, There is a beauty to that part of the cycle. It's not that it's bad, but it it has its moment. And then there is a waning, you know, the the waning energy is the dying off, the falling away, the going inside, the retreat, uh, because we need to restore the energy so that we can move into a new cycle and do it all over again. I think that this rhythm helps us become more mindful as well, because when we are just constantly pushing forward, we don't stop to think about like, uh, is this direction I'm heading in actually makes sense? Is it sustainable? Is it harmful? Yeah. Um, Or am I just producing for the sake of producing for the sake of accomplishment? And that's it. Right. I mean, I think that's such a huge point. I would say in my readings, you know, over the past few years, one of the biggest uh, things that I say to people over and over again is, um, especially to women, I will note, you know, and more of my clients percentage wise are women, but so maybe that's part of it too. But I am saying this a lot to women that um, you don't have to always be doing when, where are you scheduling time for rest and retreat? It seems so simple, but mm-hmm. you'd be amazed. No, you wouldn't be because you have it in your practice too. It's like how many women are like, oh yeah, I really don't allow myself, you know, whatever yeah. the phrasing is, I really don't allow myself to do that. I feel like I have to be doing stuff all the time and there's always something to do, right? Yeah. I think women and people who identify more with feminine energy tend to become a little bit it's, it's interesting. In my experience, males and more masculine people um, are actually a little bit better at getting their needs met. Mm-hmm. In, in my opinion, like they're a little bit better often at like taking the rest when they need it or being like, no, I'm, I'm tapped out. Yeah. But the females and the feminine, I think because our culture is so hyper-masculine, like we've tried really, really hard to be like, I'm going to be equal and I can, I can do it all too. And I'm just going to push through how I'm feeling. Like we've almost ignored ourselves even worse yes. in some ways. And so out of a urge to like overcompensate and I really hope that we start to shift that because I don't know, the more I've, the more I pay attention to cycles and actually follow what I preach, yeah. um, I become more productive during the times I'm supposed to be producing. 
Yeah. And then like overall I've become more productive and way less stressed out. Um, and I have no problem taking like, if it's a new moon week, yep. I'm going to, I'm going to take some stuff off my calendar if I need to. And I feel inspired, you know, like if I'm not feeling inspired to do the doing, I'm not going to do it. Or if I'm bleeding, same thing. Um, I will have no problem taking the day off or like doing something else or having it be lower energy or shifting what's going on. And then I've become much more productive and in a way that's more in alignment with my purpose and um, what kind of work I need to be doing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's a, and I know for you too, it, it is a continual uh, work in progress, you know, to, to live that way. I mean, I don't, I definitely try to practice what I teach and I do practice what I preach a lot of the time, but it's on a daily basis. I will have to talk to myself and say, okay, check in with your body. What are you really, what is your body really wanting and needing to do right now? You know, is, are you pushing through um, a feeling of tiredness to just, you know, get some things done? Do they really need to get done right now? You know, I have those conversations with myself almost every day and yeah. it it is, it does root back to this awareness of the cycles that I'm so glad that I have because not only is there the lunar cycle to consider, there's my body cycle, right? Which may or may not be lined up. And yep. that's something to mention too, that, um, you know, these, we can sync up to the moon cycles, but often we don't, you know, and we can even be flip flop. Like I'm not personally on a regular cycle. So it just changes all the time of, you know, whether I'm aligned with the moon or not. Um, and so can you speak a little bit about that? Like how, how can a woman work with it? If, you know, if she's not synced up or is it's not inherently better or worse to be synced up or not. Right. Yes, I think it's important to kind of look at the cycle itself as kind of abstract. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 both and. So it's something that is within our bodies and it's also kind of an abstract pattern and we're talking about the average pattern and every wo- every woman who menstruates is re- every person who menstruates is really different. Um so especially now in our culture. Yeah. So part of it's the fact that we're all unique and the other part of it is the fact that our culture is off balance with the cycles of nature and so things are a little wonky. Mm-hmm. Um, But what I like to remind people is this, the menstrual cycle specifically is what is responsible for creating life. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's some wisdom in that cycle. Yeah. And um, it's for all people. We all come from this cycle. Yes. We all come from this body that um, makes this cycle happen. And so there's wisdom for all of us, including males, including people who identify as male or female or anything in between or outside of and, um, females, whether you are, um, in alignment with the moon cycle or not. So like, I personally am pretty irregular and and always have been, and I like fine with it. My body and I are happy with my, (laughs) the way I cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, um, however, there are times when I'm definitely not bleeding during the new moon, but I'll be like, and before I was really focusing and, um, really before I had embodied actually following these cycles, I'd be like, why is my energy so tired this week? I have so many things to do. And then I would be like, oh, it's new moon and we're in the middle of winter. So of course I'm feeling low energy and probably shouldn't push through right now. Because one of the things I've also learned is when you actually contain your energy, even when you're inspired to keep working during the new moon or the menstrual time, Mm -hmm. you actually, if you contain that energy a little bit, you'll have more energy 
during the full moon when then it's everything's like present for you. Yeah. So it's it's wise to actually follow this. And so what I always tell people, whether they're in perimenopause, whether they're in menopause, whether they've had hysterectomy, whether they have a male body, and so they don't menstruate, I just say, follow the moon, just follow the moon and follow the seasons. And that will, you can sync yourself up to that. You can be like the straightest man and still get a lot of use out of um, following these, these monthly rhythms that are responsible for creating life. (laughs) Yeah, I would say yes. And yeah, I mean, because it is all uh, about our connection to nature, you know, connecting to our bodies, connecting to the lunar cycle, um, connecting to the solar cycle, you know, any of it is, is connecting back to nature and what we're, what we're made of. And, you know, the life. And you're right. It's the key to sustainability, which is what we need. Like we've gotten to this point where we've sucked all the resources out of the earth and like things are really off balance and the earth is giving us all these signs that things are not sustainable. Like we have to change and the change is coming back to that, to that sustainable cyclical earthy rhythm. Yes. You know, and something I find too about following these cycles, whether it be astrological cycles or my body cycle or the moon cycle, um, I, when I do that consciously, I feel really grounded and peaceful. Like it makes, it calms me down. We can get so lost in the the chaos out there, you know, just going online or, you know, (laughs) um, go online for five minutes and you'll feel the chaos. Um, And just the noise of our culture. And so we need more things like this that help us to quiet down calm down, get centered, get back in your body, you know, look at the moon. Like I, I tell people this because they don't, you know, sometimes connect the, the moon on paper, you know, to the moon in the sky. It's like actually sitting and looking at the moon at night is a practice, uh, to bring you back to connection to your body and to nature. It's so simple. Again, you wouldn't think you would have to tell people like spend some time looking at the moon, you know, (laughs) but I I think we are forgetting, you know, I have a feeling because I forget sometimes uh, myself, you know, it's like, uh, I could do it one night in the summer, you know, I sit there and I think, wow, you know, I should do this more often. Like I sit here and look out at the crescent moon setting. (laughs) And then, you know, six months later, I'm doing it again. And I think, wow, that's not very often that (laughs) that I am making myself do this. So that's, that's the kind of thing I try to impart to people through this awareness of connection to the moon and the cycles. It's like, yeah, there's also the real visual physical component to it that we can look in the sky and see the stars and see the moon and remind us that we're connected to that. Yeah. And it can be hard when you live in the city to actually see it. Absolutely. I know I grew up in um, a more rural areas. And so I took for granted how much you could see like the moon and the stars. Mm, that's a big deal. And a huge deal. And it, it, things solidified me even more when I, I moved into a house that was more up on a hill and I could, I have a view, like I can see the moon most of the time. It's very obvious. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh, it's so much easier to actually cl- click in with that when I can see it all the time. That's a really good point. Yeah. So you have to, sometimes you have to go out of your way to like really, and I think I agree. I think it's really important to actually, a lot of people are like, how do I find out what phase of the moon's in? And I'm like, look at the, look in the sky. <laughs> and sometimes it's not visible, you know, and there's yeah, that too. Yeah. 
<laughs> and there are calendars and I think the calendars are useful. Like yeah. you, Google has a section that you can just check or like import a little calendar that'll tell you the moon phases. Yeah. Um, there's apps on your phone that'll tell you the moon phases and where it's at astrologically even. Yeah, that's true. I used a lot of those at first, especially, but I also really tried hard to link it up to like just looking at it. And then it took me a while to actually learn, oh, this is when it's waxing and this is when it's waning and this is what shape it's in. Mm And it changes all the time. And when you start really paying attention to it, it's kind of fun to watch. Well, I can even speak to that a little bit here, give that little um, tidbit. So if you look in the sky and you actually see the moon at night, um, if it is on the right side of the the curve, the D, it's I call it the DOC method. So mm-hmm. if it's forming more of a D, like you, it's either the half moon of the D or the crescent D, um, uh-huh. you know, moving to the half moon D, then that is waxing. Okay, it's a building, yeah. and then it will build past the half moon point, what we call the, the gibbous phase, which is like it looks like a little pregnant moon with more of it being filled out on the right side, you know, that right side curve is still there and then it's starting to bulge to the left. Uh And that's pregnant gibbous moon, which is the waxing still. And then the full moon is obvious. It's the O shape, right? And then uh, as it starts to decline, it goes from right to left as it wanes. So it's going to start disappearing from the right and then going to the left. And so when you see that happening, you know, when you see the the C forming on the left-hand side, that's the uh, the waning moon phase down to, yes. uh, you know, the last little crescent sliver is like going toward balsamic phase, the last phase before new moon. And then new moon, you don't see a moon. Uh, you don't, because yeah. it's with the sun, you can't see it. Yes. So that's, that's a really quick... Uh, way to identify visually what phase the moon is in. And like I say, it's not always possible. You won't always see the moon, but if you can, uh, there are yeah. some ways to figure it out. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. This was awesome. And I feel like we could probably keep talking for hours. I know we always can. <laughs> yeah. So um, I reminded listeners with the last person I interviewed that um, she would also probably be a regular guest and I have a feeling you will too. Uh-huh. Um, I, I want a few people especially to be regular because I feel like this, the astrology and the moon stuff I think is, there's so many layers and lots of ways that we can tie this back in. So I want to keep going in to deeper places with all of this. So I hope that you'll come back. Oh, absolutely. And we'll do, we can do this on a kind of regular basis. I would love to. Um, yay. Um, and then I want everyone to know, um, Dina and I wrote a little ebook and I, well, it's not that little, it's like 44 pages. <laughs> I was say, it's not really little. <laughs> and there's like four, um, videos that, um, we created these graphics and the videos kind of show the graphics are kind of moving a little bit. So you can actually see the, these cycles and we go over four different cycles. So we go over the menstrual cycle, the moon cycle, the seasonal cycle, and um, like the yearly, the annual or the whole life cycle of a female mm-hmm. um, and how they're all connected and how they're kind of fractals of each other. And so, and I, we did it in a real simple beginner kind of way. So it's really great for people who've never like really delved into any of this before and don't really maybe understand astrology or haven't followed the moon. Um, and we did this a few years ago and 
we're pretty proud of our little work and we're going to be doing some updates to it soon. But for now, it's this nice little um, introduction to how these cycles work and what the wisdom of these cycles are. It's called Cycles of Wisdom and you can find it at www.cyclesofwisdom.com. And I would like Dina for you to let us know where people can find you if they want more information about you or how to take your classes to learn astrology or to get readings from you. Yeah, absolutely. So I am at dinadecastro.com. And uh, there I have, um, if you do go to my homepage and sign up for my list, I do have a free gift right now that is a, uh, a booklet on the lunar nodes. So it is tied into the moon, but it's on mm-hmm. the, the north and south node of the moon and it's called Your Karmic Past and Your Life Purpose. And so you can get that free download by going there. Um, I also have uh, offer mentorships, one-on-one astrology mentorships, and you can find out more about that at the site and my individual readings, uh, which are I'm doing all the time. So please feel free to to check that out. Highly recommended, by the way. Thank you. Thank you so <laughs> yes. much, Danielle. Your readings always help me orient so much. I'm so glad to hear it. And your healing always manages to realign me. I just had an adjustment with you <laughs> yesterday that was amazing. So, oh, thank you. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can find show notes at vitalvagina.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with your friends. We'll be back next week with another episode.